Hello and welcome to my first official episode of Food School. I'm so glad you're here and this is where you're going to learn all about healthy eating and the right way to eat well for you and your family. So let's just dive right in. I want to start with this anomaly that happens every single year. It's happened to me before. It's known around the world. It is New Year's resolutions. And every single New Year's, there's millions of people whose New Year's resolution is better health, whether it's to lose weight or eat more salads or exercise more, get more sleep or even lower their cholesterol. And I have to say, unfortunately, nine times out of 10, I feel like by January 31st, people have not stuck with it and they've gone back to their old ways only to find the next 11 months will be the same as years past and they'll be bombarded with birthday parties and 4th of July barbecues and Halloween candy and then it rolls right into Thanksgiving and the holidays and everybody gains a bunch of weight and they're right back at it January 1st to say, okay, this is my year. I'm really going to do it. And my question is, why why is this a thing and why do all these people fail? And they make the same resolution again and again and the cycle continues. But trust me, I have been there too a few times in my life. So I get it, but why? Why does it have to be this way? Well, it doesn't. And I'm here to tell you why. I think there's two reasons. One is those goals are way too generalized to say, I want to lose weight. Well, how much weight? Or I want to eat more salads. Okay, well, how many salads is that? And when will you know when you've reached your goal? So, you know, many years ago, I learned about this thing called SMART goals. SMART stands for S-M-A-R-T. And I think it's really important to try to instill SMART goals. So what does it stand for? S is specific. So be very specific on what you want to do for your um, resolution. Meaning if you just say, I want to lose weight, say a number, put a number on it. Like how many pounds is that? Be more specific. Also has to be M measurable. So yes, you can measure how many pounds you're losing based on the scale or whatever it is. So SMART, S-M-A, attainable, the goal has to be something that you can actually achieve. So if you're like, say, 150 pounds, you don't want to say lose 50 pounds. You know, that's not um, really attainable for a person. So which brings me to my next letter R, which is realistic. Your goal has to be realistic. Two, you can't say, I want to lose 20 pounds in two weeks. Like That's not healthy. (laughs) That's not realistic. And finally, T is trackable. You want to be able to track your goal somehow. So if you say eat more salads, that's too vague to know like, well, what does it achieve? You know, what does it track in the end? Or, Or say exercise more. That's very vague. Well, how many times a week do you want to exercise? What type of exercise? How do you track it? How many minutes? What's your heart rate? All those kinds of things. So hopefully that 
helps people like, you know, get more in the swing of things. But today's episode, I want to talk about some buzzwords that you've probably heard around the diet industry or the food industry on your social media as people are always talking about these two words, macros and micros. So some people get really into it. Like, are you counting your macros? How are you doing? And other people might just think, what are you talking about? (laughs) So I want to just break this down for you and explain what both of these are, macros and micros. So, but first, I want to go back to the very antiquated and outdated food pyramid and explain, like give you just a baseline and explain why the food pyramid the food pyramid deserves to be gone. And it it's still there and they've tried to revise it. And you know, it's what I grew up on. I will say this in the nineteen hundreds I learned the food pyramid. When I was in school, those of you can relate. People are saying that now based on, you know, oh, you're from the 1900s. Darn right. And I'm proud of it. (laughs) So here I'm looking at the food pyramid so I can just take you through it. I know this is audio, um, but stay with me. So the very bottom of the food pyramid is is bread cereal, rice, and pasta group. And they are claiming that it's good to have six to 11 servings a day, which is like, whoa, that's a lot. And that's pretty crazy. Next level up is two categories equally split. On the right is the fruit group, two to four servings. On the left is the vegetable group, three to five servings. Okay, maybe I can agree with that. I would rather have that be my starting point than the the bottom bread thing happening. So moving on. Next above that is two more categories. On the right is meat, poultry, fish, dry beans, eggs, and nuts group. Two to three servings a day. And on the left is milk, yogurt, and cheese group. Two to three servings per day. Then on the very top, with these little sprinkles, it looks like snowflakes, is the very tip of the triangle that says fats, oils, and sweets use sparingly. Well, just so you know, this is totally wrong. (laughs) So somehow the government realized somewhere along the lines, somebody made a change, and now it's called My Plate. So if you look at myplate.gov, which I'm looking at now, you will see a circle and it's four categories, but they're not equally split into fours. So the four categories are fruits, which is a little bit on the small side, and then vegetables, which is a little bit larger than that. Protein, which is also on the small side, it kind of matches the size of the fruits. And then grains, which is also big again, not as big as the food pyramid one, but about the same size as the vegetable category. So my plate, fruits, vegetables, protein, and grains. And then on the side, there's this little circle that says dairy. And it's way smaller 
than any of the others. So that's there. And here's what I want to do. I want to throw both of them out and turn them upside down and tell people like, don't look at that because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And you're going to hear why. Um, so basically, I'm in the myplay.gov and it's just very, very vague. And so if you click on one of the groups, basically, you go in and it starts throwing a bunch of math at you and telling you that one ounce of, you should measure your ounces of protein by one ounce. And then you click and it tells you the age groups of people and how much people should be eating based on their ounces. And all of these calculations, by this point, I think you lose like 90% of the people where they just go, I don't know what this, I don't want to do math. I just want to eat food. Like, I don't want to sit here and calculate everything and do all this stuff. And I get it. It's true. Like, it shouldn't be this hard. You shouldn't have to click and go in and do math and calculate and do all this stuff. So just, I want to scrap it. I just want to scrap it all and just kind of talk about like how how people learn about food. These are the options. They have to go on the internet and calculate and try to follow what they're talking about, try to make sense of what they're talking about. Um, and then they get frustrated and just go, oh, I just want to go eat and not have to do all this stuff. Or people, uh, like I, how I said I was learning the food pyramid in school. And then also I learned from my parents who ate based on their heritage, if you think about it. So, okay, my mother was Mexican and she would cook for us really delicious food. She would cook us quesadillas and enchiladas. I loved her breakfast burritos and we just ate based on what what she was raised on and how she learned to cook. None of that was healthy. A lot of it was fried and that's how I learned about food. I know how to make all those items and I love them, but I don't eat them every day. And I, I certainly want to share my heritage with my child and my husband and my family on a special occasion, but I, I can't afford to eat that way every single day. And my husband grew up Italian and he, he raves about Sunday night dinners and they'd always have huge pasta and meatballs and homemade sauce and bread to dip it in. And Every Sunday, he grew up that way, and it was a lot, and it, it is a lot, and I, I'm not saying people don't celebrate your heritage. Of course, share it with your families, you know, on a holiday or once in a while, enjoy, but it's certainly not something I want to have every week or day in my house. It's just too much. So my goal here is to teach you how to eat balanced and how to eat properly and just learn the very, very basics. I want to break it down very, very basic so it's easy to understand and start and follow right away. So by the end of this episode, I'm hoping you can have tools to start eating well at your very next meal. So I'm going to dive in more after the break. So stay with me. You are listening to Barbie Familetti on A Mommy and a Mike. Did you know she also wrote a book? It's called From My Life to Mom Life. Are you pregnant or trying to become pregnant? Have you struggled with fertility issues in the past? 
Maybe your career came first and you think it's too late to try for a child. In her book, From My Life to Mom Life, you can hear Barbie's story of all of the above. She shares in great detail how she kept her head held high through those tough times and gave birth to a healthy baby at age 42. From My Life to Mom Life has five-star reviews on Amazon. William says her words of wisdom are practical and inspiring. Priscilla says, I recommend this book to all parents-to-be. Dads, too. Run, don't walk to buy this for your better half today. Pick up your copy of From My Life to Mom Life on Amazon today. And now, back to our podcast. Okay, welcome back. So now that we've thrown out the food pyramid and thrown out the myplate.gov, I'm going to go into great detail. What are macros and what are micros? I know that's what you've been waiting for. So let me start with the micros. Micros are means micronutrients. They both mean nutrients. So macronutrients and micronutrients. So micros are vitamins and minerals our bodies do need. We just need them in smaller amounts. Like uh, that's why people supplement with, say, a multivitamin or take extra vitamin C when they start feeling sick or calcium. I personally take five different micros because I've had my blood work done and I, based on how I feel, I take these and I feel better with these in my diet. So you can certainly do that. I'll go into my my stuff on a different episode, but you can certainly do that. Get blood work done and see where you're lacking, see what you might need or base it on how you feel. So micros are those things, vitamins and minerals. Sometimes they're found in foods, uh, but you're not going to eat the same food every day. So it's a good idea to supplement and make sure you're getting all of your micros. So that's what those guys are. We're going to leave it at that. But the main one I want to dive in is macros, macronutrients. There are only three, you guys. So if you learn nothing else from this whole episode, please learn this. Macronutrients are three things, protein, carbohydrate, and fat. And I know these are words you've probably heard before as well, but it's not clear on what they are, what they do, what they're for. I'm going to tell you all of that right here, right now. So let's start with protein. Again, there's three of them, protein, carbohydrate, and fat. They're all necessary ingredients for your body to live and feel good and thrive. If you miss one, you will feel crappy. You will feel a difference. I strongly, strongly believe people can heal themselves through food. People have issues and pains and problems because they're not eating their macros, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. And you're going to find out why right now. So protein, what is a protein? Why do we need it? Protein is the building blocks of muscle. So if you're not eating the right amount of protein, or any at all, your muscles will suffer. So what is protein? Protein is any food that comes from an animal. It can be beef, a steak. Uh, It can be chicken, pork, even eggs, lamb, turkey, poultry. All of these are protein. All of these are good for you. All of these build muscle. It's super, super important. 
However, I know people are vegetarians. My sister was a vegan for a while. Those people don't eat any animal products, so they have to find other ways to get their protein. You can get protein from beans. There are plant proteins available. But right now, today, I want to talk about animal proteins. And so here's a quick story for you. I had a niece, those of you that don't know, I had a knee surgery, actually two knee surgeries over the course of two years. And during that time, I noticed something really strange. Thankfully, I've been a personal trainer in the past. I've been a certified nutritionist. I have never struggled with cellulite on my body, thankfully. However, after my knee surgeries, I started to see it was my left knee. My left thigh was shrinking. Like I'd get out of the shower naked and look down and see, oh my gosh, my left thigh is so bony compared to my right thigh. And oddly enough, I started to notice my left thigh developing cellulite for the first time in my life. And I thought, oh my goodness, what is going on? So I kept an eye on it. I kept looking and feeling and like rubbing it to see. In my opinion, I always used to think cellulite was um, like excess fat or accumulation of fat, just kind of, you know, bumpy skin. A lot of women struggle with cellulite. But because of this story, because of witnessing it happening on my own body, it wasn't like I was gaining weight in my thigh or something, I believe the reason I had cellulite was because of my muscle atrophy. And muscle atrophy is when your muscles just, they're not supported by what you're eating protein-wise. And they're withering away. Actually, my left thigh was literally withering away because I had crutches for however long and couldn't use that leg very well for eight months. So it became cellulite. And so I'm here to tell you those that people that struggle with cellulite, I want to encourage you to think about if you're eating your protein. Could it be that your muscles are just like shrinking out from under you because you haven't been eating the right proteins or protein at all? Just a question I want to hear in the comments if anyone finds that to be true. Um, Because sure enough, Once I got my knee back into full swing and could do squats again and could do lunges again, I built it back up and I got the cellulite gone because my muscle came back. So I I encourage you to do more and the creams aren't going to work and don't do anything crazy like liposuction. I firmly believe from my own experience that my one thigh of cellulite came because of the muscle atrophy. So I can't stress enough how important it is to get protein and eat protein at every meal of every day. So there you have the first macro protein. Now let's move on to the second carbohydrate. Of course, we've heard carbohydrates. There's so much stuff out there where they say low carb, no carb, high carbo, carbo loading, marathon runners, swimmers, Olympians do carbo-loading. What is all of that? What's a carbohydrate? Well, let's start there. A carbohydrate is so important because that's your main energy source. 
However, too much carbohydrates can be stored as fat. So it's a fine balance between how much carbohydrates. Clearly, the old food pyramid, where the first layer talks about grains and rice as like the biggest food group you should consume, that's not correct because eating too much carbohydrates can be stored as fat. So there's two kinds of carbohydrates. There are complex carbohydrates, which are the best for you. These are things like grains, rice, oats, vegetables do fall into this category, and quinoa, millet, things like that are complex carbohydrates. They break down slowly in the body, so your body can use them as an energy source. There are also simple carbohydrates, which turn more quickly into sugars in the bloodstream. Things like honey and fruits, they get converted quickly, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it's just to manage how you eat them. So that's what carbohydrates are. Energy source. So if you're not eating the right kind of carbohydrates or the junky kind of carbohydrates, you could feel a quick energy boost and then a crash after. So Anyone who's diabetic knows exactly what I'm talking about because based on how they eat or what type of carbohydrate they eat, they have to immediately react with their insulin and how much insulin. So it's it's a tricky uh, it's a tricky macro because you have to know which carbohydrates and when. So that's what the the second macronutrient is. But it is also equally important to have a carbohydrate at every single meal. Okay, and the third and final macro is fat. And funny because it's nowhere is it mentioned on the food pyramid or the myplate.gov. Nobody says fat for whatever reason. They just categorize it as dairy, which doesn't make any sense. So we're just going to say what it is, which is fat. And the best way I could ever think to explain this, and I would always explain to my um, past clients, is that fats are good for lubrication of your whole body, um, your hair, your skin, your nails, your digestive tract. If you are experiencing joint pain, it's it's good for your bones and your joints. You need a certain amount of synovial fluid in every joint to keep it cushioned so your elbows, so your knees don't crack going up or down the stairs. You need that fluid in there and that fluid is associated with how much fats you are eating. So I love to use this analogy. Think of it like the oil for the Tin Man on The Wizard of Oz. Remember how he would have to stop and they kept oiling him up? That's what fats do for you in your body. And it's just science. It's not made up. It's just how the body works. So if you're not having fat at every single meal, you may be experiencing nail breakage or hair loss or uh, pain in your joints. So think about that if you're getting the right amount of fats. So what are some of the good fats? Avocado olive oils, even now avocado oil, um, 
Nuts and seeds have really good sources of fat. Macadamia nuts, almonds, cashews, all of those. Peanut butter, nut butters. There's almond butter now, coconut oil. All those are really good healthy fats. That doesn't mean you have to like slab on a, a dab of peanut butter on everything. You can cook with it and, get, and it gets into your food. You can saute vegetables in olive oil. You can drizzle olive oil over a salad. There's lots of ways to incorporate fats into every meal. I want to give you a little bit more of examples when we come back from the break about how to incorporate every macro into every meal. So stay tuned for that. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Hi, guys. It's me. Yes, I am doing my own commercial simply because I'm too excited to let somebody else do this one. I figured since you're listening to me on this podcast, you are the type of person who loves to listen. You just pop in your earbuds and off you go. I get it. I'm exactly the same way. Which is why I finally decided to turn my book from my life to mom life into an audiobook. Yup, I did it. After many hours, late nights and cups of tea later, my book from my life to mom life is now available to listen to in my voice. Yay, you guys. All you have to do is head on over to Audible or iTunes and get yours. Yes, finally, from my life to mom life is available for you in audio format. Get yours today. Click the link in the show notes. Now let's see if I can throw it back over like my announcer usually does. And now back to our podcast. Okay, so now that you know the basics of macros, you can actually understand when someone says, are you counting your macros? Hopefully you could say yes, or at least know what they're talking about. (laughs) Macros, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. So I will take a deeper dive into each and every one of these in a later episode. Actually, I want to do an episode on each of these because there's so much to be learned about each macro. Um, So please be sure to subscribe and like this podcast so you don't miss another episode. But I just wanted to give you a baseline for now so you can start your food school and start your learning about the right way to eat. So let me ask you this. How many meals do you eat in a day? When I say meals, I mean snacks too. Like how many times do you eat in a day? I know we've been taught and raised to eat three meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But for many, many years, I myself have been eating five to six meals a day and counting the snacks. So that would mean breakfast, uh, snack, mid-morning snack, lunch, an afternoon snack, dinner, and sometimes a healthy nighttime snack. I remember this phone conversation I had with my aunt not too long ago, and she asked me that. She's like, do you still eat five times a day? And I said, yep, (laughs) I have for many years, ever since I went to nutrition school and was a personal trainer. And just, it's crazy how different the mainstream is than what actually is because now there's all this stuff with intermittent and fasting 
and every you know all of those things have their place but for general health and general nutrition your body needs fuel throughout the day especially if you're exercising on your feet walking around doing stuff taking care of kids us moms know about that which is like a lot of running around especially if you have a toddler so yes it's okay to eat often and eat well. So as promised, I want to give you an example of each of those just for a quick, quick overview, like whether you're listening to me right now on your commute to work, or if you're on your lunch break, or maybe even late at night as the kids are in bed, whatever time you're listening to this right now, I want you to make me a promise. Okay. Promise me that your very next meal, whether it's breakfast tomorrow morning or or you're about to have lunch or dinner, whatever your next meal, promise me that you will try to aim to get every single macro into that meal, a protein, a carbohydrate, and a fat. So let me give you some examples. Let's say your next meal is breakfast tomorrow morning. Why don't you cook up a couple of eggs for your protein? Get a nice a healthy slice of whole wheat toast, one of those ones that has a lot of nuts and seeds in it as your carbohydrate. And then for your fat, put some butter on that toast. Yes, butter is a good fat. You heard it here first on a mommy and a mic. (laughs) Butter is okay. And when I get to the episode about fats, I'm going to tell you which kind and why it's okay for you. So that could be a good, healthy breakfast, eggs, toast, and butter. Go for it. Okay, how about a lunch? What if you had a nice piece of chicken that was roasted or seared in a little bit of olive oil? That could be your fat. And you lay that across a nice bed of quinoa or millet. Have you heard of either of those? Those are two really, really healthy grains. My son loves quinoa. I just turned him on to millet. He's six year old and he he downed that. He loved it. It's got like this yummy, nutty flavor. That's an awesome lunch to bring to work or make at home for yourself. A piece of chicken, a grain, and then a little bit of olive oil. That's that's awesome. Okay, which brings me to an example for dinner. A beautiful, beautiful piece of fish would be your protein. You could have a little side portion of brown rice with some steamed vegetables, or if you're not into uh, rice at that time, you could do like a nice baked potato. Again, you could add butter on your potato. Yes, you can. Or a little drizzle of olive oil. Just because you're eating healthy doesn't mean you have to eat bland. People have this misconception that healthy eating is gross, and it's only salads, and it's boring, and it tastes like cardboard. False, false, false. I want to teach you how to eat healthy and eat well and eat delicious. You can, I even have recipes. You can duplicate not so good for you foods like maybe chocolate chip cookies or something and turn them into a healthy way. And, you know, side note, some chocolate is good for you. That's a whole nother episode. But I'm so excited, you guys. I'm jazzed to finally get this out there and finally start my food school and really teach people 
very, very basic in an easy to understand, easy to digest, ha ha, pun intended, um, way of learning because this information is just not out there. I feel like deep down in my bones, this is so important. And unfortunately, the way of the world is to keep people confused about eating well, keep them unhealthy, keep them sick. So they'll keep coming back for more medications. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not participating in that program. I want to uncover the veil and like blow the top off of the industry and like let people just learn from the beginning, basic and how to eat well to become pain-free and disease-free. And like your body will heal itself if given the right opportunity, if given the right fuel. My cellulite went away once I got my exercise ability back. It's amazing. It's amazing. Your body knows what to do if you just give it the right fuel to do so. So I encourage you, keep your promise and try to aim for your next meal and comment below. I want to hear and know what did you make? How was it? Uh, Let me know if you have questions. I can't wait to dive into the next episode. I'm going to go into so much more depth on all of these topics. So stay tuned. Please hit share, like, and subscribe and share this episode with someone who you know needs to hear it. If they just want to start from square one and just learn what healthy eating is for whatever reason, my main reason is to heal myself and prevent cancer. That's what this is all about. And after you're done listening to this podcast episode, just pop on down into the show notes because I'm going to put links to both the food pyramid and the myplate.gov so you can actually get a visual of what I was talking about. Thank you for being part of my food school. There is so much more to come. And don't forget your promise if you made that promise to me about your next meal to try to get every single macro in your next meal, a protein, a carbohydrate, and a fat. Thanks so much for listening to a mommy and a mic. Okay, so now I'm going to welcome in my son to tell us a fun fact about nutrition. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, now you may know about fat. Yeah, it's all about your joints and stuff, but have you ever watched The Wizard of Oz? If so, then if you've seen the Tin Man, then the oil for him would actually be just like fat. Excellent explanation. Thank you. So if my six-year-old can get it, I think you can too. And thank you for listening to A Mommy and a Mike. Stay healthy, my friends, and tune in next time. Bye-bye. The content on this podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It is not intended to substitute for the advice provided by your doctor or other healthcare professional. It is not intended to be or doesn't constitute medical advice. 